So hello, everyone. This is Otessa, and you are listening to Conversations with Hysterical Women. That's Women with an X, the Hysterical Women podcast, where you are all welcome here, friends, allies, everywhere across the rainbow, across the binary. I'm just really glad to have you be here. And this is meant to be a safe space to explore all of the weird things that life throws at us and all of the different ways in which we can be twisted and torn asunder, but also all the different ways that we can come back together. So thank you for listening, and I'm glad that you're here and going to be cheesy, but comment, like, subscribe. And while they're waiting to find you like a bed in a different facility, you're just sort of hanging out while everyone looks at you sort of weird, right? Oh, that um, waiting room life. And you're probably at the ER, life. right? You're in the ER and yeah. they give you a bed, but you're like in a, you're in a space with other people who are physically sick. So you're like, well, I'm here being this suicidal asshole taking up a bed in this hospital for someone who's quote-unquote actually sick right Um, so there's that whole feeling you know your life is precious and you absolutely deserve that bed don't feel like an asshole oh yeah no I totally did but I remember at the time being like I don't know 23 24 25 being like oh I'm inconveniencing them by being sad was how I felt in that moment oh and I remember I hate well, I remember the way we stigmatize mom. invisible illnesses. I'm sorry, that's an aside. No, it's absolutely true. Chronic invisible illnesses are just so hard to support and acknowledge, but I feel like they're so rampant that we're going to have to figure out a better system, mm-hmm. uh, at least societally, like culturally, right? Just in terms of interpersonal communication to support these people who are chronically sick. So... I called my mom from that waiting room other waiting to find me a bed to be like, Hey mom, I'm scared and I don't know what to do. And this is the best thing. And and when I called her, she basically told me that I had made a massive mistake Mm. by trying to go into the mental hospital. Wow. And that she said, they're just going to blame everything on me. Um, (laughs) on her, not me. And, uh, and that, you know, I would be exposed to so many crazies and it would be so toxic and make everything so much worse. And I would never be able to find a job again because it would go on my record oh. and like all of these horrific things. And at this point, I'm stuck, right? I'm on a hold and I couldn't have left even if I wanted to. Yeah. So I'm suddenly in this visceral panic in this hospital room alone when I've already had a day being like, well, my mom thinks I fucked up, so I must have really screwed up. I went through my treatment. I was in for five days and it was hard and important. And I got out and called my mother again. And I said, hey, we need to talk about some stuff. That was really crummy what you did before I went into the hospital. And the last time I spoke to my mother was her just like yelling something into the phone that I was not able to make out. And then she hung up. Oh my gosh. That was five years ago. And since then I have gotten married and mm-hmm. she was not at the wedding. We didn't go wedding dress shopping. I hadn't realized I did what you did, right? I had dissociated so intensely and told myself that it was totally fine and it was the right decision that when it came time to do these motherly things like wedding dress shop, I ordered one dress off of Mod Cloth that I did not get tailored because I almost had felt at the time like I did not deserve, deserve that experience because I didn't have a mother figure. Yeah. Um, so like now on the other side, I can look back and say, gosh, it was so lovely. And it has, it has turned my life on its head for the better. 
I don't know that I would be alive right now had I not divorced my family just because of the relationships we had all built with each other. But it is hard. And I do think about it often. Father's Day, Mother's Day, they all screw with me. Mm -hmm. But I would rather have a handful of days out of the year where my family screws with me than every single day out of the year. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have siblings? I do. Yeah. So I'm actually the oldest of five. I have two brothers um, who are with, with my mom and my stepdad who I, you know, unfortunately don't talk with uh, anymore. It has been, it started off with my mom and then as kind of family dynamic, family dynamic relationships develop, um, that entire side of the family has ended up moving onto the same street block in a town of less than 600 people. And as my therapist so aptly put it, holy shit, Jess, you've escaped a cult. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, oh, that's validating. Thank you. (laughs) Oh, my God. So, yeah, it's been a journey. And like my parents, so my mom was a teen mom. She had me when she was 18 and she did a hell of a job raising me being an 18 year old. Um, my dad moved away when I was young. And so I do have a little satellite family out in North Carolina that I, that I'm still uh, relatively close with, but yeah, it's been a weird thing. Yeah. The way that toxic family dynamics, and especially if there is an element of gaslighting or unhealthy boundaries or however, yes, whatever relates the way that that trickles down into then the sibling dynamics is the really scary. Dynamics, the, I mean, it, it impacts everything. Yeah. Literally everything. And, and when we think about these messages that we get from the time we are a tiny person about family, like if you lay them out, it's blood is thicker than water. Family Which will I do you not agree with. No matter but, yes. Oh no, none of these are true. Yeah. Like if, if we think about this from an evolutionary standpoint, right? This whole blood is thicker than water this fam, the familial devotion that we feel used to be really beneficial to us, right? It meant that we were born into this community who would protect us and advocate for us and hunt for us. Now that we are in a culture where our lower hierarchy of needs are being met on a daily basis, just by default, we no longer have to cling to these people who will quote unquote support us when they're not even supporting us, right? Mm-hmm. We have the privilege and the option to hand build our families. And when I say family, I don't mean the people whose genes are in our systems. I mean the people whose asses are on our couches and whose arms are around our bodies. It is a different thing. I think that one of the most damaging messages that exists right now is that family loves you no matter what. Because when they don't, it sure does make you feel like there's something wrong with you. Yeah. Yeah. Because we are not obligated by genetics to love each other or like each other or get along with each other. And that is okay. Yeah. And we just need to get okay with it being okay. (laughs) I'm like sending you so many hand clap emojis. It just, it frustrates me. I see friends going through the wedding process, which of course brings out all of the family drama from all of Uh, the corners. Yes. And 
at this point, it's foreign to me when people are like, oh, God, I have to go sit at this family dinner that's going to be miserable and they're going to tell me what a fuck up I am. And I'm like, why don't you just not go? And uh-huh. they're like, well, I can't do that. I couldn't. No. Oh, my gosh. And I'm like, well, then enjoy your shitty dinner. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's a weird thing. It's weird how foreign, uncomfortable family situations are for me because I just don't do them because I don't owe them not anything. Like I owe them nothing. Yeah, absolutely. It's a weird thing to decide you don't owe anyone anything. I think that we are taught that it's a weird thing. Yes. Especially as a woman, right? Yeah. But the reality is that it is far more normal. And when we're talking about taking care of your health and well-being, sometimes that means choosing your family. In fact, frequently that means choosing your family. But there isn't the narrative of support there necessarily, culturally. Yeah. Yeah. And there's um, there's kind of like the indirect messaging that when you don't get along with your family, it's because you're not doing it right or like trying hard enough. Mm, yeah, that's not... At that, I have feelings about that. Oh, yeah. It's not legitimate at all, right? Like, yeah, it's never true that someone who is advocating for their own joy and showing up how they'd like to show up um, isn't doing the right thing. But it's it's an indirect side effect that I've noticed where a very certain flavor of people will quirk their eyebrow when I tell them that I've divorced my family. Well, either they're in like the very small percentage of people who have a family that is like leave it to beaver except like modern because leave it to beaver also has all kinds of problems so like that's even a bad like i can't even come up with a good example um yeah because healthy family dynamics are so messy because you have so many strangers who are forced to interact yeah but also strangers that we get stuck with yeah and a lot of times even the best of times It's not going to be easy. I mean, hell, they're the ones who can push your buttons the most because they're the ones who installed them. Yes. And then if you have someone in your family who perhaps is personality disordered, then you're really fucked. Excuse my language. And then you kind of, it's like, sadly up to you to unscrew yourself. Yes. (laughs) Yep. Well, I mean, that's therapy, right? Therapy is basically investing money to unscrew yourself. It's so funny. Someone told me the other day, and this person comes from a happy family, but what they said, I was just, it was pause worthy for me because she loves her therapist, has had a really wonderful experience with therapy, but she said, yeah, my therapist is like my paid best friend. And I was like, huh, what? I was like, my therapist is absolutely my ally, but like- they kick my ass. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And, like, it's the pushback. That's what you pay them for. Yes, exactly. I'm not paying them to, like, validate me in every single way and be, like, a yes person. I am yeah. paying them to kind of do the opposite. Yes. Um, and then I was like, well, maybe, maybe that's because this person is coming from a happy family. I don't think so. Because I feel like everybody has weird trauma, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, regardless of family, everybody has something weird. 
Um, but yeah, I was like, man, no, like my therapist, and I, don't get me wrong. Like I am so grateful to my therapist, but I was like, I would never in a million years would I say paid best friend. I was like, she is like my ass kicking, like Obi-Wan Kenobi. And I'm grateful for it. And it's hard. Oh, Um, it's so hard. It's hard when you are paying someone to tell you things you don't want to hear. Right? (laughs) Like, you're like, okay, I'm going to pay you a relatively large sum of money to sit in this dimly lit office for you for an hour every week. Mm -hmm. So you can tell me that I'm wrong. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I, uh, I feel like the pendulum for me. So after I divorced my family, the pendulum swung pretty hard where I was like, I didn't do anything wrong. I'm doing the right thing by leaving. And while I did do the right thing by leaving, I absolutely had a hand in it because you can never, it's very rare that things can get that out of hand in a relationship without both people really contributing to it. Mm -hmm. Um, So the pendulum swung and I was like, no, I'm perfect. I did nothing. It's all great. All of these horrible things. My mother said to me, how dare she, right? Mm -hmm. My mother said a lot of horrible things to me, but on the flip side, it was when I walked into my therapist's office, and this was just, you know, two months ago, my husband and I had gotten into an argument, and he very kindly, because of who he is as a human in the argument, said, you know, hey, I'm a little frustrated this second, because I feel like I told you a valid point, and you just, like, flipped over, and now you're kind of playing the victim a little bit about mm-hmm. it. Like, I feel like you're not hearing me. You're just, you know, being sad. <laughs> and I got lit up because that's something my mother always said to me. Mm-hmm. That was the mantra growing up. I was too dramatic. Yeah. I was a princess. All of those things. I'm mm-hmm. a ruiner. I went into therapy just with this, how dare he attitude. It's all ruined, you know. Mm-hmm. And my therapist just looks at me and she says, Jess, you know, sometimes you do play the victim. And I just looked at her and I said, I really want to walk out of this room right now, but I'm not going to. And she's yeah. like, I know. <laughs> and like, that was a huge turning point for me when I was final. I mean, it took me years to be like, yeah, actually, I do have a part in a lot of these things that happened. And that doesn't make me a bad person. Mm-hmm. It just means that I have some work to do. But you're doing the work. I am doing the work. And, and I, I now only associate with other people who do the work. Yeah.